Hello and welcome to Not Bane Podcast, your weekly rundown of UK politics from a Black millennial view. Every week, join me, Bay, and Corey as we look at Parliament and stories from across the diaspora. Fifty-seven percent of Scottish MPs want the Minister for the Union shown the door. We now have the lame duck Prime Minister presiding over a divided party in a disunited kingdom. So, how does the Prime Minister? Expect to continue when even unionist leaders in Scotland won't back them. What did you say? I think he just needed to focus a little bit more. You know, yes, we get it. The NHS, the NHS, the NHS, the NHS. Absolutely fine. But I think after he gave that talk about um, the guy whose mother died, I think Mm. Akash, he could have, that was a, a, a poignant point to leave it on. Especially with the Prime Minister's rubbish answer you know sort of yes i know that man's died man's mother died but here's what i did sort of thing that had nothing to do with it that would have been an excellent point sort of to show even just the level of callousness that he has but then he just carried on going so. that was his last question though wasn't it yeah but, but he still but he's yeah but he was his last yeah but he um you know carried on with the i thought was just a bit meh you know, because the thing is, he was. Ju- and that could have come. That could have been on... his first or second point, and then he could have moved on to a thingy. Yeah. Or that could have been his last point. Then he could have yeah. spoken about a few other things first. He could be the talking thing is, he about was using Rwanda. Maybe comment, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he could have been talking about Rwanda. He could have talked about. I suppose he could have talked about the vote. He did. He kind of did, but not really. Um, I mean, anyway. Um, what did it didn't you think? surprise me that he didn't. It didn't surprise me that he didn't talk about the vote much. Um, he doesn't seem to. I don't know if he is he trying to like be above it all because when the Sugay report now I know they had a separate like debate about the Sugay report like an hour later, so I kind of understood why during PMQs on that day he didn't um, talk about it. But it seems like it's a bit of a pattern. He doesn't. Again, it seems like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Is it he's trying to appear to be above the fray, above the pettiness? I'm not going to engage in in this and the base part. Um, but no, I thought, I thought, though, it was noticeable. The lack of support, the lack of um, audible support for Johnson on the Tory benches and really? the lack of jeering. Yeah, and the lack of jeering relatively speaking to usual weeks towards Starmer, which... Yeah, I thought, I thought really Starmer's doing into... was low, but I did think that the, with the, the shouting for Boris did seem higher than usual. Maybe the supporters were were being especially especially vocal. I mean, James Cleverly got told off a few times to shut it down, so, you know, he was making sure that, you know, his bestie knew it wasn't him. I'll I tell you what, Cleverly... Very loud. James Cleverly... I used to respect that man. I used to like that man. I used to think, mm, serious MP, serious politician. Based on, based on what did you think he was a serious MP? Let me rephrase. Uh, uh, he seemed like a serious guy. Based on what? That he wears glasses? A semi-serious guy. And he doesn't smile. He wears glasses. <clears throat> no, but because he was, you know, he, he had this kind of thing where he was measured... And, and, you know, appeared to be thinking about what he was saying and seemed very principled. And then 
in a run-up to the 2019 election, he just, to me, just turned into this absolute Boris shill. Yeah, he's, just, no... he's just a sycophant. He's, for him, I think he's like, you know, what can I do to get uh, closer to power? What can I do to get closer to cabinet? What can I do to get closer to a serious job? In, that's that's what he's doing. He's he's um playing sycophant to get a top job, but he's just not very good at it. But the thing is, he's not really even got anything out of it much nope, by nothing. way of jobs. Nope. All he, he he was he was uh, what some sort of minister without portfolio or yeah. minister attending cabinet, an add-on basically. Literally, um, he was deputy chairman or chairman. I don't know. Chairman. chairman. Chairman of the party, chairman right? Of the party, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, that chairmanship was, I think, pre-Boris, maybe overlapped yeah, just at the start. I think it was a bit of overlap. Um, he's not had a, you know, he's not been given any sort of serious He's not been rewarded. Job. Nadine Dorries has been rewarded frequently. She's make Nadine Dorries a She's Secretary of State. And that even... one who can't keep her head straight every time Boris walks past, that she's winning. You're and James and your, and your favorite serious politician, James Cleverly, is out here begging for scraps and still can't get a look in, darling. Basically, yeah. It's really sad, isn't it? Even Kemi Badenoch is doing all right, that one. <sighs> and she's never <sighs> answered a question sensibly in her life. I'm worried about Nadine Doris, though. That woman um is all right, there's loyalty. Mm. There's I'm going to suck up because I want a job. Mm-hmm. Then there's even that kind of, you know, the thing that mothers have with their sons, you know, mothers can, sons can do no wrong type thing. There's all of that. Mm-hmm. And then there's what Nadine Doris does. The way that's that woman, bestie. The that's way, her bestie and she no, loves it. No, it's more than just bestie. The way she goes to bat for Boris, it, it's worrying. It's, it, it's, it is worrying. Like she some, went it's not worrying, on... it's just that when she doesn't, her politics is the politics of Boris Johnson. What Boris does, that's my politics. That's that's all there is. It's loyalty over party, loyalty to party and to person, even loyalty to person over party over country. That's what it's about. She went off on uh, Jeremy Hunt on Twitter like, as well. As well, you know, Twitter. I mean, I guess the, nowadays Twitter is the place where you have political debates, even if you're a secretary of state. It's the public but square. Fine, fine, but it even even the, okay. So fine, the medium, whatever. We'll accept the medium because the medium now is a serious medium, apparently. But it was the way she just went after Hunt on, on Monday. Very petty and catty. It's like playground type stuff. So I'm saying I'm worried about this woman. You know, she, I, you know I've got a bit of affinity towards her in the sense that she's a fellow northerner. Apart from that, absolutely not. That, that's where it stops. But, you know, I'm a bit concerned. I'm a bit concerned about Nadine because she's, she's, she's way... The bootlicking is too her, much. You think her head's gone? I don't think it's. I think she's it's... now. She's a bigger bootleg. She's a. She makes James cleverly, um, back into turn back into a serious politician. <laughs> the, her bootlicking is on another level. She likes it. It's, it's outrageous. But again, it's again. You know, if you think about it, you think okay, maybe something's wrong with her. I don't maybe, think anything's wrong with her. I was going to say, she yeah, no, the wants, alternative is... She just, like, she supports him. Yeah. No. One, she supports Boris. She is, you know, representative of people who, um, of a collection of people, not just of herself, of, you know, of the members of the electorate who blindly support Boris regardless. They think he's funny. They, you know, it's the, like you say, it's the doffing the cap. It's the licking of the boot. It's, you know, the, the, the higher moral authority based on 
his, his class, his class status, his education status, and his political status. And that's all that is based on. It, it goes no further than that. I think attempting to see any sort of deeper meaning other than that. No, a, well, that's abs- what I was an say. absolute, an absolute, an unequivocal deferential um, behavior to power and class. That's all that it is. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. It's either she's a bit loopy or it's really just she what she knows that if Boris no, 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 goes, it's just deference. She's absolutely finished. No, if Boris goes, if Boris goes, she has got a job. That's basically yeah, what she's an unserious somebody. Another, another and, and that's the she's thing a quirky you... backbencher that somehow has made it to the front bench. That's all. She's not a serious. Like you say she's not a serious politician. She doesn't even know what's going on half the time. She doesn't. She makes no effort effort to understand her brief, to read her brief, or to go in prepared to any um, special select committees whatsoever. That she's not a serious. Like she doesn't care. She is there for sycophancy, and she plays her role perfectly. That's some people's job. You know, main sycophant who will go on PMQs, who will go on national TV, who will do the 6.30, the 10.30 politics on Sunday, and, you know, cape for Boris. That's her role. We had uh, Ian... Uh, you, you met Ian Blackford today. Um, was also was also going off on, uh, on at PMQs, wasn't he? Um he, he was, made a comment uh, which I found quite interesting. For once, he, he smiled. First time I've ever seen that miserable goat smile. Um, First of all, he smiled he made a good all the point, time. You know, yeah, whatever. He made a good point anyway. Um, he 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 got up and made a point about how because he he more than any other party leader is always calling for Boris to go. Like Keir Starmer hardly ever does it. Um, Ed Davey, well, Ed Davey, Liberal Democrats, they're irrelevant. So he only gets a question about once a month now. So Ian Blackford has been leading the charge amongst opposition leadership, you know, for Boris to go like consistently every single week saying he needs to go, he needs to go. And so he got up and made a point uh, referring, of course, which we will go on to discuss later, referring to Monday's vote of Conservative MPs on whether they had confidence or not in Boris Johnson. And for spoiler alert, 41% did not. So he made a point of saying, little did I know um, that for the past few weeks when, I, when I've when i been thinking you lot have been jeering me when really 41% of you were cheering me on. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cute point. It was an excellent point. It was, you know, it was sort of throwing it. It was an excellent way. One, to throw it back in the face of all the MP to be saying, you know, well, you're all here making all this noise. You're all going out doing full court press saying, yeah, he's an excellent prime minister. When actually you do not support him and you don't even have the courage of your convictions to make that clear to your constituents. You're out here quite willing to defend the indefensible, you know, based on nothing because of how it looks, because of, you know, political expediency that I thought that was what was a really a good a good way to make the point is that you can't even trust your local politician to stand up for what they believe in even though even though knowing that their constituents agree with them I think again in PMQs today we saw what everybody knows by now Boris Johnson is just He's a, he's a child. He doesn't take anything seriously. He doesn't take okay. this whole situation seriously because you've got all of these these serious points being leveled at him. Even if he disagrees, which he obviously does, he thinks he should stay. Well, come on, you've got to be humble enough to realize that a lot of your party want to get rid of you. And he's still doing the old, you know, little kid laughing and joking on the front bench with Rishi and and Rob and and making little smirks. And you can just tell it just shows just more evidence that he just does not take any of anything of the past few months seriously. He's not contrite. He's He doesn't regret what anything he did. He doesn't see anything wrong with what he did. He thinks he's above the rules. It's just so obvious by his body language. He doesn't give a heck. 
and he's not and this idea that you know he's a lame I think you know the idea that he's a lame duck or you know he's a, a prime a prime minister in retreat and he's eventually or prime minister in decline he's going to go he's not going anywhere we know what we've 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 especially as Londoners we have experienced Boris Johnson he's not going anywhere he cannot be shamed into quitting his job that's not a thing for him what shame when does that man ever exhibit shame look how he leaves his yard every day that's not somebody who has any feelings of shame about his behavior whatsoever and there's nobody around him holding him to account and if we the electorate cannot hold him to account and his own mps won't hold him to account and the police won't hold him to account and um independent civil service investigations will not hold him to account then what more what more can we do we're relying on the shameless to um to um to um, hand himself in and give up his cushy job. Not happening. Platty Jubes, Platty Jubes. It's uh, the. Platty Jubes. Platty Jubes. Yes, yeah, Platty Jubes. Nobody it's says Platty Jubes. Uh, bumper Platty Jubes Weekender episode. You know, we've been collecting the info for the past couple of weeks. It's been a Pl- Platty Jubes holiday, so we've been having a bit of time off, enjoying oh, the went- absolutely miserable weather. And now. We're back for Tory to do his, not Tory, oh, see, slip of the tongue, <laughs> for Corey to oh, do funny. his usual doffing usual the what? cap. Oh I, am, caps. oh, I am a loyal subject of Liz, Lizzie Bitty, my favourite queen of all time. So you know what? You start off with your platy-jubes takes. Yes, Mrs. Glucksberg celebrated 70 years on the throne this past weekend. Um, it was, of course, the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Um, so were you, I, I take it you were out, um, your street parties, did you have some local street parties in your oh, area? Yeah, I was at every single street party, yeah. draped in my Union Jack skirt and my Union Jack crop top and my Union Jack hat and my Union Jack earrings, eating biscuits and drinking tea. I, I, I thought I saw somebody when I was watching Trooping of the Colour on Thursday, mm. I I'm pretty sure I saw somebody who looked like you on the mall. It Absolutely, was you, wasn't it? Definitely. I was on Pall Mall, waving my little flag, bowing down to my colonial overlords, oh. begging for joyous, just a, a single touch from the Elizabeth hologram, you know, um, in her uh, golden carriage. That's what, I, that's what I did with my four days off. Absolutely, most definitely. That's where I was. So of course I turned f- up to the Jubilee that Elizabeth didn't even bother to go to. That's what I was doing. Listen, she's 96. Then cancel it, because my good sis, why are we paying big, big money for a Platinum Jubilee celebration for the Queen, and the Queen is not there? She's not even at the... She was at Tripping of the Colour. Oh, she was at Tripping of the Colour, and that was it? No, she appeared on the balcony a couple of times in addition. She came onto the balcony of her own yard and waved. Oh, lucky us. Well, well, yes, that's, you know, people were waiting for her. People wanted to see her. Big, big gold carriage that we're paying to go down the street has... And people are waving at a hologram. Absolute madness for a queen that is not even there. So of course it Babe, was. If you're too, if you're too old and too sickly to go to your own celebrations, time to give up the ghost, love. Get rid. So of course the platinum jubilee celebrations took place over the course of four days. So day one we had a trooping of the annual trooping of the colour at Horse Guards Parade. Uh, first time it's happened since the pandemic. Happens every year during the on the Queen's official birthday. And then Friday, what did we have on Friday? Friday was the... Was Friday when they had the party at the palace? Corey, I promise you, I ain't got a clue. Don't no. know. Well, Friday... No, Friday... Uh, 
I'm trying to remember now. Anyway, Friday was the no, it wasn't the derby. It must have been the party at the palace. No, and then Saturday was the other one, either the derby or the party at the palace. I can't remember now. <laughs> it's such an exciting weekend. Everything's yeah, blown into so one. Busy. You know, I was I was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, on Sunday, the celebrations culminated in a pageant through the streets of London, ending at the palace. And that's when Her Majesty Mrs. Glucksberg came back out and waved with uh, Charles and Will's and Will's kids and Will's wife and Queen, future Queen Camilla alongside her. She's not going to be the queen, so stop saying that. It's not she is. funny. She's going to be the wife of the king, so she's going to be the wife queen. of the, ki- the king does not make you a queen. No, but it actually... Unless you're made queen. Stop it. Yeah, you know, stop together. it. No, stop it. Because it's not funny. It's not I'm funny. not trying to be funny. It's they'll be crowned funny. together. It's not funny. They'll be crowned together. It's not okay, funny. I don't it happens, find it I'll funny. I'll I, don't, it's, so. I don't think it's hee hee ha ha for little Miss Horsehair, Miss Horsehair to think that she's going to be the queen of the country. She's not. Okay, whatever. Anyway, it's a minor point. Whatever. It's not true, but whatever. Um... Yeah, I mean, right, so I was listening to a lot of radio coverage as I do usually over the weekends, and there was a lot of people phoning in. Um, and what grinds me, what gets me, what, what gets, gets me, your, what grinds your gears, what grinds my tits is this mm-hmm. is that there is a sizable, and I mean, I guess media pundits, you know, they, they want to be positive, they don't want to be you know boring and miserable, but they've really got to stop doing this whole the whole country's out celebrating for the queen when it's it's really split like there's a lot of like and again i'm just going by um i'm going by what we all know but i'm also going by you know the amount of people phoning in basically saying not interested not here for it Um, and it does it does do my most a lot of people are ambivalent you know i was watching um uh, there was another uh, it was like a Channel, Channel 4 news clip. They went to somewhere in the valleys in Wales um, and they were talking to these people. You know, they were they had a street party over the weekend because obviously there were a lot of street parties happening as well. So they had a street party set up and they were talking to them about the street party that they had then, the street parties that they had, they'd had back in the day when she was coronated. And basically, the, the, even the, even I mean, even in this case, at least to give them their dues, in this case, the pundit was basically saying, look, um, yeah, a lot of people are out here celebrating, but a lot of people really are also just out here because we've had a horrible two years being cooped up and people just want to come together in community. And I think that's um, that's something that doesn't get, doesn't, that, that, that you, you, or I didn't hear that, I, I don't want to say you never hear that because I don't watch every piece of news ever, but I didn't hear that much. I didn't hear that kind of just straight, straight talking reality of it that look yeah a lot of people just really want to be back outside again they're really happy to be seeing their neighbors again because it's consent manufacturing though isn't it it's the idea of oh well if we say that enough then that's the reason that people are outside rather than people people telling them the reason that they're outside and then repeating that that's not that's not how the media works and that's not how you lead a story based on what you want it to say if you if you report it like that people say something and then you the pundit report it as something Mm. else and then that's picked up and put in the newspapers now it can be everybody's out here supporting the queen everyone's so happy to be they love it it's so exciting when actually in in actual fact when you speak to the majority of people that's not the reason yeah it's a bank holiday weekend it's a four-day weekend people like sure might pop down why not it's you know it's a national celebration pop down and have a look to see what's going on lots of people haven't seen troop in the color it's a four again it's a four day weekend uh, we can also talk about how lots of people were also away we can also talk about how the contribution of the cancelling of so many flights due to all the um 
the sh the staff shortages during the bank during the bank holiday meant that people were not able to go away so they found something else to do to take the kids to like there were lots of contributing factors but this idea like you said that everybody's out here like oh my god we love the queen so much let's go out here and wave our flags for queen and country that that's not what was happening but it, again that doesn't fit the narrative the preset narrative that they're trying to create did it's you not like, it's not like this um country reports negatively about the royal family unless they're megan and harry well, this is the thing. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely Meghan and Harry get that treatment. But even even Charles, Charles what I, you know what I notice a lot? Charles gets Charles still gets a lot of negative press. So it'll be interesting, even from people, you know, people out of one mouth there will praise the Queen. And then there's always that but Charles type thing about it. Um, and I do wonder if that will stretch into when he's king, whether he'll be, because he, he's obviously he's not going to be fettered like the Queen's been fettered. Um, you know, just purely because he's not going to be on the throne nearly as long as she was. So obviously the longer somebody's around, the more people just get used to them and, 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 and um, respect them. So he's, so he's, he's not going to be around as long as she has been. So there's that, but I really don't, I, I just wonder whether, um, whether things are going to change, whether he'll still get that kind of, but there, there'll always be that, but thing, you know, when he's King or whether people, whether people just switch and, you know, bow down and bow and scrape. Yeah. Which of the two do you think? <laughs> you just said no. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I heard bow and scrape. It was my. Uh... <laughs> oh, gosh, you're such a hater. You're such a hater. How does that make me a hater by not believing that somebody's better than me and has a divine right to like my to the whole country's tax money by virtue of birth? You don't believe in the divine right of kings. Anyway, no. Swear you told me yesterday. I swear you texted me at the weekend and said, "I am now a true believer in the divine right of kings." Okay, you were, so you were how always... how did you spend your jubilee weekend? Did you go to any jubilee parties? Were you down there shaking your flag on Paul Moore? Right. So I was actually I had actually planned to be in London. Um, I had planned to be in London uh, on Saturday. Fr no, Friday. I had planned to be down Friday and Saturday. Um, plans changed, and as I, I'm not going, to, I'm not going to lie. As I was watching some of those scenes. You know, I was watching people come together on the mall, you know, you know, the flag waving. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily go in for the flag waving, but really? this, the, the commute, well, in, yeah, not in the, you know, flag shagging, in the flag shagging sense. No, not really. But it mm. did move me. I'm not going to lie. It did move me um, just to see so many people together, united, you know, whatever you want to say, whether you want to agree with what they're united for if they even know what they're united for but just seeing that many people together mm. um hey it warmed the cockles i liked it it was a it was a nice sight to see you know so many people just together especially in the light of everything else we speak about every week when it comes to politics you know so how just you how like the national unite you, know, you like the idea of national unity uniting behind somebody who says that they are inherently better than oh. you no, I think it's human. No, to be you can you can scoff as much as you like, but that is the reality of what the world I think it's, means. I That's think the reality of the situation. Can I get a word? No. I, I think it's human to be attracted to unity. I think that's just a. I think that's just something we all. I think that's an instinct that we all. That, I mean, well, that's not why all, we've got most of us have. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. you can say it. Yeah, it works I, both, I it works both ways. Yeah, it works both ways. Uni like unity isn't, um, isn't, isn't positive or negative. It, mm. it, it's, it's what it's like money, isn't it? it it's, what, it's what you do with it. It's how you use unity. It's how you use money. So I think, but I think 
we're all attracted to unity and yeah it can go one of you can go either way mm-hmm. so so yeah gonna, yeah I, I i definitely looked at those scenes some of those scenes all of those thousands of people on the mile apart from the paranoid bit in me that was like bloody hell what if there's like a terrorist attack um okay yeah apart from that i was like oh that's so nice i wish i was there um so yeah well they did explode that um car that was left lying on the side of the road I didn't hear about that. What was that? Oh, yeah, there was a car that was that was not left lying, but it was a car that was parked up on, on the Jubilee route that was abandoned and nobody mm-hmm. had, um, nobody knew why it was there. They couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a closed road, so they had a managed, they had a managed explosion of it. We had a, uh, and it was, there was actually a, there was a, so there was a street party on a road nearby me. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you a picture of it. Um, yes, you to- did. I don't Why think you, you responded. Um, I noticed you didn't respond to a lot of my trolling messages. Are you getting? Are you starting to tell when I'm trolling? No, I was. In, um, I was enjoying my bank holiday weekend, and I was not getting wrapped up in your nonsense. <laughs> all right. Oh, fair enough. I thought you were. Just I was like, I should spend my four days off arguing with you about the royal family. Do I look like an idiot? <laughs> Sorry, please. I was watching telly. So with my um, feet up. So so yes. Um, there was a yeah. There was a street party near me, and and part of me was like, ooh, should I pop along? And I was like, nah, I don't know anybody here. Because it's not even like my road or my street. Oh, so you so you weren't you didn't want to get involved in the united love of Queen and Country. I think that's enough, isn't it? Or you couldn't you couldn't trick anyone into going with you. I mean, there is that too. So I ended up spending the I ended up spending the day um, on my allotment digging up my plants. What did you what did you grow on your allotment? Not that anybody oh, no, cares. No, 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 no. I, I, I yeah, know. this is really way off topic now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm not actually growing anything yet. It's still a wilderness. I'm still in the clearing up phase. I've got a lot of chopping down still to do, weeding and all of that faff. But yes, let's move on. Uh, we've gone way off topic. Let's, let's, let's. Monday started with an absolute bang back after that bank holiday weekend. And Graham Brady, the Tory grandee, the chairman of the Backbench 1922 committee, told us all, released very early on Monday morning told us that the 54 MP threshold had been met. 54 of Bojo's colleagues on those benches who cheer and jeer every week for him. Apparently, at least 54 of them sent in letters of no confidence. And with the swiftness, you got to rate the Tory party for their just ruthless efficiency. Like, Monday morning, the guy says, okay, I've hit the number, we're going to have a vote. Monday mm. evening, they have a vote. Later Monday evening, we get the result. If the result had gone another way, that same day, dude, would, he would have been out 12 hours. Do you just think? like that. No, I'm saying if the vote went that way. But oh, no, didn't. no, I'm saying, yeah, if the vote went that way, you think he would have been out in the same amount of time? Well, yeah, he, well, he would have had to. He, he would have no longer been um, leader well, of the party. You don't think they would have scrambled a little bit to figure out what they were going to say or anything? They would have delayed it a little bit more? No, 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 no. They were on that. Well, they wouldn't have known. They were announcing that result, come what may. Um, okay. Uh, Monday evening. So yes, he. Uh, so as uh, as I just hinted there, he did escape by the skin of his teeth. The worst result for a Tory party leader who has faced a vote of no confidence from his own MPs ever. It was worse than Margaret Thatcher in 1990. Worse than John Major in 95. Worse than Theresa May in 2019. Theresa May. Worse. So the official results were. 248 for, sorry, 211 for, 148 against, 148 Conservative MPs out of a total of 369, 59, basically said, nah, 
why get out of it um but yes it was it has to be a clear majority it wasn't a majority uh, that voted against him so he is still leader um but many with many now saying that he's basically a lame duck because as i said f- over 40 percent of the parliamentary party want him gone that is a higher percentage of tory mps than any other tory leader who has faced such a vote um has had vote against him i'm not gonna lie I didn't think that he was going to lose anyway. You know, no, I didn't. I did. I mean, I, th- I thought it would. I actually thought it would be less MPs that voted against him, but I didn't think he was going to go. Like, he's Teflon Boris, isn't he? And he's got people. He's still got the. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it charm, but some sort of allure to a se- selection of people, and people think he's a vote winner, which he is. And and honestly, if we're all being honest, what comes next? I think the level of uncertainty and who and who is in the running. I don't think Rishi's image has been cleaned up enough yet. The thought of Liz Truss is terrifying. Dominic Raab is a very, very scary guy. So I don't know who would be the next in line to well, take over. Well, look, that's that's been that's what's saved him for so long yeah, up till now is. and and into the future. The fact that same with no- Keir Starmer. There's no credible opposition within and there's no credible opposition without. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason he's still there. Um, if there was any kind of, if, if there the, the different, another difference was 2019 when Theresa May was getting forced out was that he was the obvious replacement. Yeah. But there's no obvious replacement for him. And obviously on the other side, in terms of without, you know, Keir Starmer, as I said, has the personality of a wet cabbage. So Whoa. there's no, there's no competition. You agree with me? No, well, I think you I, I, spend every other week acting like say I'm Keir Starmer's personal bully. You are, but you and no, no, but now you admit personality of a wet cut cabbage. The Labour Party is being led by a sentient thumb, and they wonder why you know they can't they can't manage to get rid of Boris, or they can't even manage to deal any deadly blows at this point. Piss poor. Anyway, apologies for interrupting. Carry on. Yeah. So. Um... There's, there's no there's no credible alternative so it's like he's gonna he's, he's still there. now my, my my prediction was do you want to know what my prediction was for how many were gonna vote against him no well, I'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> it was 150 I was do you have any two. evidence of this prediction yeah it's still on my Twitter feed mm, I don't remember seeing that I'm gonna send it you straight after we finish recording. Yeah, I you said better. 150, and you'll see the timestamp. It was before the vote. Yeah, make sure you you send it all. In fact, don't even. I don't want a screenshot. I want you to send it directly to me on Twitter, so I've got proof and I can follow it back. 150. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I, but the thing is, it, it, that's a lot. It's a lot. Like it's 42 percent basically said no. We don't yeah. have confidence in you as our leader. That's a huge amount. That's a huge amount. Um, but he is gonna chun- he's gonna he's gonna keep going. Um, he's not gonna go anywhere. Um, people keep to- you know I'm hearing these big pundits talking about how he's a lame dog. He can't continue. There's no way of him continuing. And again, I think all of these, in my mind, false predictions are predicated on one fundamental error. What? That the man has shame. There we go. The man doesn't have shame. You can't shame the shameless. He you doesn't cannot. have shame, so he's not going anywhere. You cannot shame the shameless. So now what? Um, now what we continue in this just mess of a government. That's what's going to happen. And the thing is, they, they've, 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 they've been so distracted 
by this issue of him as a person um, that nothing else gets done. And but they're going to continue to be distracted because these Tory MPs who voted against them are not going anywhere. Nope. They, they, you know, they'll they'll come on TV, they'll come on the news and say, oh, they respect the democratic process of the party. They respect the fact that their colleagues have said that he he's going to stay. Blah 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 blah. In the background, they're all working out ways how they can still get rid of him. So the Tory party rules state that. Um, once one vote of no confidence has been had, you can't have another one for another 12 months. However, that's just a rule. It can be changed very easily, apparently. I mean, like, really easily. Boris like, changes literally. the rules every other day, darling. Exactly. Um, so so, so that's the first thing they're going to try and do. They're going to try and change the rules so that that 12-month window is gone because there's no way they're waiting another 12 months to get rid of him. Absolutely. Because, there's, again, Thatcher, Thatcher won her vote. They've all won their vote of no confidence. Thatcher won hers, Major won his, Theresa May won hers. But they've all been gone within well six months in their cases and two years in the case of major. But when I think the Boris has a much. I think Theresa May at the point of no confidence vote was absolutely powerless. The thing I don't is, think Boris is as powerless as any of those people that you just described. And I again, disagree. also doesn't lack does. And you know the one. If I think what's important is to recognise that there has been this large scale erosion of ministerial standards, which is going to contribute to the fact that he does not feel under pressure to leave. The thing is, though, see, I disagree in the sense that you say she was powerless. I think he's even more powerless than she was. Again, I think he's, and that doesn't mean I think he's going to go. I think he's going to just hold on because that's what he does. But I think he's more powerless simply because of this. The issue with Theresa May was she, it was policy and it was one policy, Brexit. It was just, an, oh yes, of course, that is a massive issue, but it was just one thing and it was a policy issue. It wasn't necessarily that people didn't like her or hated her, wanted her gone because of her. I mean, yeah, some people did, but the, the difference is now with this guy, this is all about him as a person. This is him about him as a character. It's not like, it's, and, and okay, yeah, Brexit, many would argue Brexit still can't be fixed, but especially in terms of what Theresa May wanted to do, there was no, there was no win situation, but at least, you know, theoretically speaking, if it's about policy, you can fix policy because you can pull a rabbit out of the bag. You, you can do something, you can do something tangible because it's policy. But when it's about the person and the personality and that person as a human being, you can't actually do anything about that because, again, especially this leopard, leopards don't change the spots. So, so no, I'd argue that he's actually more powerless than she was because he can't change the situation of him being a bad guy, whereas she theoretically could have changed the situation of policy direction. You think? If that makes sense. I say theoretically, not not not. Yeah, in that there case. we go. Theoretically, because of Brexit, it, it was it was an impossible. It was impossible. What I'm saying is, I'm just talking about the general the, the general principle of you can you can you can change direction in policy. You can't. You can, but not this guy. Change direction in character. So that's why I think he's more powerless than she was. But again, as I said, I agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere because I think anywhere. he is an absolute hanger on, and there's no obvious replacement. They will have to wrench him out of there with you know a Hoover, and I don't know whatever Boris likes to eat a plate of cheese and some red wine like that's it anyway he's gonna go he's an absolutely stuck in there and he's not letting go for dear life darling i think the only way he's gonna go is general election um and some sort of labor snp or labor lib dem pact it'll have to be labor lib dem i don't think that i don't think keir Starmer will work with the snp i think he would work with them 
but he would obviously put a red, some sort of red line. That, mm, There's not going to be any. There will be absolutely. They no wouldn't referendum. accept. They wouldn't accept a red line of no referendum. So and he is absolutely going to. But I think he would work with them if the, if not for the case of that, because Labour have no hope in Scotland, and Labour, if Labour don't have Scotland, they can't win. You know, with an outright. No, they can't, and that's and I think that's also what's missing from all of this analysis since 2015. Without Scotland, Labour cannot win this country. It's just not going to get those Tory safe seats. The only time that Labour was able to win and has won has been when we've had um, Scottish Labour. Without Scottish Labour, it's just not possible for them to get a majority in this country. I just don't see how it's going to work. And I think that is clear analysis that everybody's absolutely choosing to ignore. And this is just sort of like, you know, the battleground is, has, is, is there's essentially a reduced battleground at this moment. Like we need to discount that and understand that the political land, the um, electoral landscape has completely changed. But, you know, that doesn't serve the uh, general consensus of the story that people are liking, like, want to tell about our current election cycles and the um, splitting up of the electorate. So, And then, again, there's this about. whole thing about, oh, he's, he's an election winner. I was listening to Alistair Campbell. Now, uh, yes, Alistair Campbell, obviously, he's biased because he's from a very particular wing of... He's, he's, well, he is he's the ultimate Blair, right? He was Blair's spin doctor, and he obviously doesn't like the left and doesn't like Corbyn, doesn't like that faction of the party. But I think he has a good point still, considering all of that. And he, he said, basically, look, um, no, Boris Johnson... And he also got to add in the, the caveat that he absolutely hates Boris Johnson as a person. However... That all that aside, I think he does make a good point when he says that Boris Johnson isn't actually this great election winner that everybody thinks he is. Okay, cool. So let's look at what he's won and why people think he's he's this great champion. Okay, cool. So he won London twice when I think that's said, what I think it's more than it is that he's managed to win London as he a won London when people said um, you know and yeah, a joke. Maybe, you know. But at the end of the day, it's one city. Um, yeah, you can't. I don't stop that you can extrapolate, even even, even if that's one city, London. it's the capital city. However, in no, no, let me finish. No, 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 oh, I, no, no, no. no I didn't finish. <laughs> let me finish. Um, uh, yes, yes, capital city, and yes, it's London, but at the end of the day, you still, I don't still don't think you can extrapolate and draw a straight line between oh, you're such a great winner in London means you're such a great winner, winner in the country because the country is made up of a lot more than just London. And that's not me trying to in London, that's just facts. No, now, so so there we go. So there's that, there's that. And then the other thing where people say he's such a great winner is, um, is he, he won the last election and, you know, delivered this thumping Tory majority. But again, what was the opposition? And again, you're not going to like this. Well, maybe you might, I don't know. Well, you're not going to like it, but maybe you'll agree. End of the day, Opposition was Jeremy Corbyn. Now, whether you want to say it was because Corbyn's a bad politician or Corbyn, no, I think was it this, was a, it was, a, it was essentially an unofficial referendum of, on, Brexit. on Brexit. That's yeah. what it was about. So it's very it clear. Great. I, I wouldn't put that as even though yes, it's an ATRC majority. I wouldn't say it was this great uh, win because he is this great winner. He was a Brexit prime minister, prime minister for the Brexit party, going up against a party that was either you know mildly Didn't know what it was doing. Was, no, no, but that was yeah. But the, their message had no clear messaging on Brexit and had one half of the party that was very much shouting about forcing through a second referendum, and the other side of the party who was too afraid to upset that side of the party because they were seeing as a large mark of um, a large part of their voter base in saying that they don't necessarily but they don't do they don't believe in the european um project one and two there is very much a left-wing case or even a center-left case for why the european for us to leave the european union and because they failed to make that robust argument they were not able to court those voters and at the end of the day 
Boris was able to court those people. He was also able to deal with um, with the Brexit party and get them to stand down in um, Tory potential Tory um, potential swing seats. And the, all of those things contributed to it. And, we, and now we've got a leader of the um, British Labour Party who was leading the second was one of the leaders of the second second referendum campaign. Of course, it's absolutely failing. Mm. I mean, what you know. I'm shrugging. I just realised this is a podcast. I'm shrugging. I don't see what else would have been the outcome. It was just, you know, an abject failure on both sides of the Labour Party to come together to be able to win this election. But I will also say that it was very much clear or very much the um, intention of one, on one side of the party to not come together. They had no intention of coming together with the other side to try and win that election. No, I, none whatsoever. Yeah, I just, I just don't buy that he's this great leader. Um... But he's not he's a great got, leader. We're experiencing sorry, leadership. Sorry, great, sorry, great winner. Abysmal. Great winner. Great winner. Great winner. He's definitely not great leader, obviously. I think great winner. I think he's um, a good campaigner, which is he is. Not even sure about that, but we can agree to yeah, disagree can, there. Yeah, I think we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. So, for Across the Pond this week, I'm going to be covering Somalia, which has just gotten itself a new president. And that was on... Uh, Monday, the 23rd of May. And since then, there has been movement um, on the military side where the United States has agreed to deploy troops following the uh, extraction of troops during Trump's presidency. They have decided now to move troops back in in an attempt to uh, quell the uprising of Al-Shabaab, which they say has increased during the time that the um, American troops have been out of the country. Apparently they have been, you know, riding roughshod over Somali citizens and um, applying pressure, you know, attempting to um, kidnap and extort money out of people. So in an attempt to quell terrorism and to stop any any further strengthening of Al-Shabaab, the Pentagon has said that it's going to be sending over US troops with the uh, agreement of the new, with the new uh, Somali president in order to assist in um, counter-terrorism operations. And previously they said that they were popping in and out to help give support, but they didn't have any sort of large scale base on the ground. However, this is a tentative move as uh, Biden has said that that was what he was a um, what's the word elected for. He was elected with um, with a pledge to stop the uh, Ameri- America's Forever Wars, specifically in the um, Middle East and Africa, as and he was also harshly criticised for the um, withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, which was seen as largely botched. Both American troops and we, I think, we discovered it briefly here, also um, with British troops, you know, with trying to get both uh, British citizens off the ground, as well as people who have worked with the British army. So since then, they've been quite tentative with, um, you know, the slowly reintroducing of American troops around the world and repopulating any of the base, the number of bases. I think they've got quite a few hundred of bases around the whole globe. So it is, um, it is a little bit disconcerting. I think obviously there has been quite a large rise in um, terrorism in Somalia since um, during the reign of this new, uh, the previous president. And also he was very much known for corruption as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and to see if this does have any effect on the sort of uprisings of violence 
that we have seen in Somalia over the past few uh, years. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotBanePod. And if you're listening on iTunes and you enjoyed what you heard, rate us five stars. It helps us get up the rankings. If you didn't enjoy it, ignore everything I just said. 